ironoverload.io presents Iron Overload No Bullshit Podcast with your co-host Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the UG info like you've never heard before. No bullshit, no lies, straight hardcore truth. A bodybuilding podcast like you never heard before. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. How's it going, everyone? This is another excellent podcast coming your way. Today we're doing episode IO Iron Overload number 47. And today is going to be a fun one because we're going to talk nutrition. And a lot of podcasts out there, they don't talk nutrition. They just come in and just want to tell you, you know, what you need to do and, and all that good stuff. So, so today the, the topic is going to be Steve is talking big on diet. I always do talk big on diet on the forums and on the podcast. But is nutrition important when using steroids? And here is where that kind of issue comes is we all know somebody either on the forums or in person who's transformed their body and their diet isn't good. We've seen guys run trend and Mobster and I have been on the forums a long time. We've seen guys put out transformations when they've used trend and they don't know how to eat a nutritious diet. They eat fast food, they eat junk. And then they post the picture of themselves on trend and they look amazing. They're ripped, they're big, they're muscular. But then, you know, a year later, they look like shit. So it's the same thing. I mean, anyone could just hop on steroids. If you're a skinny guy, you just hop on a bunch of steroids, eat a bunch of food, eat tons of calories every day, six, 7,000 calories a day and blow up like a balloon. That doesn't, that's not, that's not bodybuilding though. That's just permabulking. So, I mean, there's different ways to interpret it. So I think it is a misnomer when you see these transformations, because you got to remember where the person came from and where they're going. You're a really, really skinny guy. And you had, you know, you weren't eating nutritious food in the first place. You were eating pop tarts and pizza and in junk food, that's not muscle building food. Then you hop on steroids. Now suddenly you have this huge appetite. You're working out every day. You're, you're absolutely motivated to work out. And then when you come off the steroids, what do you think is going to happen? So the boomerang effect is very real. Whether you're a skinny guy going on steroids, putting on a ton of mass, which is mostly fat and water, by the way. And then you come off, what do you think is going to happen? Those steroids aren't working anymore. They're not boosting protein synthesis anymore to cover up some of your things. You're also destroying your gut health in the process. That's going to hurt you when you come off. And you see these guys, they'll come off and lose a lot of their gains, quote unquote gains. And then they'll go back to what they were before, even worse, you know, and then for them to get back to where they were, now they got to use steroids just to get back again. So that's another issue, mob. So they're not building a proper base. The trend guy who had an average looking body went on trend, got ripped up and put on muscle mass. He recomped. What do you think is going to happen when he comes off? He's going to gain fat back and lose muscle very, very quickly. Muscle is mostly made up of water. It's not like he's building muscle tissue. So we've seen this a million times. The boomerang effect is why I say that even when you are using steroids, you should keep your nutrition good. But not only that, you should have your nutrition on point before you use steroids. 
Don't wait till you use steroids to get your nutrition on point. So there's a couple different things. I think the boomerang effect is a huge one that people don't realize. And it doesn't matter if your diet is good or bad. If you run a steroid cycle and big things happen, you put on a lot of weight, you put on a lot of strength, you have crazy high libido. The boomerang effect when you come off is going to be big time. A lot of people can't handle it because they go from having the Superman strength on cycle. They go from having this super libido on cycle. They go from putting on like muscle, like they go to the gym and they're like, wow, they're doing bicep curls in the mirror. And they're like, wow, I'm putting on muscle. This is so wonderful. And then they stop and then they, the opposite happens and they can't take it. And that's says why guys, they just stay on, they just stay on year round. So they kind of use the steroids as a crutch. So I, this is why I think it's very, very important to have your diet and training on point before you use steroids. You're not using the steroids as a crutch. So Momster touched on those two things, the boomerang effect, the crutch theory, and all this other stuff that we see. I don't know. I think that there's a problem, Steve, and I think the boomerang effect is a bit of a misnomer, and I'll tell you for why, right? Firstly, you're kind of half correct. And the fact that it's all correct, but let me also clarify something else. Right, so is there a boomerang effect? Yes. Will the body go from, arguably, and this, I'll use a euphemism here, Steve, go from sort of one mile an hour to turbo, 100 miles an hour, and back down again? Yes, because you are playing around with metabolism, you're training harder, your diet suddenly become on point, and so on and so forth. And that's assuming that we've got diet on point, because we're going to get into that properly. Uh, so your body becomes way more efficient, and specifically... One of the things that's incredibly good is the uh, uptake of nitrogen. Well, what do we mean, guys? Basically, protein. You become better at absorbing protein. Your body requires more protein. You're training harder because of the steroids, because your head's in that particular place as well, as it should be when you're on cycle. However, Steve, what is also true, and this is where, where, the, where it can be a little bit of a misnomer, is there's kind of two things here. One is... Guys tend to, and again, this is where nutrition is arguably actually important. They tend to be suddenly become more professional, more concentrated. They actually they focus on their diet as well as their training. They actually focus on their recovery as well as their training, as well as the steroids. And, and why do they do that? Because I'm on steroids. I, I've paid for my cycle. I've paid $1,000. Therefore, I want to get my money's worth. But you go, guys, that should be your attitude on as well as off. So there's that aspect. Another reason why the boomerang effect comes into play against Steve is, is thus. And if, again, even if you didn't tweak your diet, and again, we're going to get into that properly, and you was lazy and you took the steroids and you saw some great results. But let's assume for a second you did tweak your diet. What happens a lot, Steve, and I see this a lot, it's actually one of my bugbears, and I've talked about it on the forum specifically in my tips thread on Evo, where I say you should check and tweak your diet after the cycle in order to retain the gains. So what do you see? We see too much of guys that go from kind of average looking to amazing with a six pack, their pecs are popping, their arms are starting to get shaped. This applies to girls as well when you use performance enhancing drugs. You look great for holiday. And you and I have done cutting podcasts for holidays getting that six-pack for the beach, and then they kind of slip and slide way back. And what they, they and it goes back to almost where they was before. In fact, sometimes worse than it was before. I'm thinking especially when they're using products like um, uh, thyroid drugs and Clen, or even worse, DMP. 
they actually end up worse than they was before. So talk about the boomerang effect there. It's just crazy. And and what's the whole point of us training for the length of time that Steve and I have been training is we want to see improvements from day one till now. I do not want... Could you imagine, Steve, if I if I had been training the 40-plus years that I've been training and I look the same as I did 10 years ago or 15 years ago or whatever, that would be crazy. I'd still be better than when I first started, but I, I only look good on cycle. I never look good off cycle or I never had any strength off cycle. That makes no sense to me. Now, let me change the subject slightly, and this is more to do with the nutrition. On previous podcasts, I've touched upon this. Uh, and, and I'm thinking specifically of the title for today about how important nutrition is on cycle. So here's the on cycle versus off cycle thing. If, if the top professional bodybuilders in the world, and the person I've used multiple times in this example is Dexter Jackson. He was called Dexter the Blade Jackson. And the reason he was called the Blade is because he could get into amazing shape. He started out as a lightweight, middleweight, and eventually, after many years, got to a heavyweight. And even when he was a heavyweight, there's been times when he was in amazing condition, Steve. The intercostals, the serratus ripped. That's when you know that the guys are in shape, when you've got those little fibrous-looking intercostal muscles. So he talks about, and I think it's that wonderful thing, which we're also including today as podcast, if it fits your macros. He said, quite simply, if I've got the best genetics in the world, arguably, for being in shape to the point when my nickname is The Blade, and I have to use proper diets, proper on-cycle and off-cycle nutrition, if I have to do the same things that everybody else does to get into shape, even with my genetics, even with my ability to get into shape, what makes you think without those genetics that you cannot have on-point nutrition? And again, specifically for today's title, when on cycle. But again, as Steve said right at the beginning, it is as important off-cycle as it is on-cycle. You cannot, and it makes no sense to me, Steve, to put all that time and effort into spend the money that it costs to put a cycle together, a proper cycle together, has to be really, in my opinion, around a thousand dollars of injectables and orals and ancillaries. And you're, you're spending that kind of money again, just tightening up your diet, Steve, going organic, getting proper fish, getting peeling your chicken breast, getting meal prep and all the rest of that. Why would you not be on point with your diet then? And why would you kind of fuck up the gains, the strength, the fact that you got ripped? so badly by slipping and sliding away afterwards it makes no sense to me whatsoever so it's if we're gonna i don't want to i don't want to make this too much of a rant guys but you need to understand the importance and it's really really important even with a genetic freak ability to get into shape veins are popping it it muscle insertions the fact that you've probably got veins on your abs all year round even when you're out of shape off season even if you are olympian level god-given genetics you still need to be on point with your nutrition then everybody else on the planet that listens to these podcasts that wants to get in a shape has to have on point nutrition the other point i want to make and i'll probably talk about this a little more after steve comes back in it's just how important the off-cycle nutrition is and uh, and 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 having those things in place properly all the time Basically, guys, like I said, imagine if you was on cycle and you gained 10 pounds, your shoulders feel that, your chest feels that, 
and you come off cycle and you slide it back down to where you was before. It kind of makes all that time and effort you guys have invested, the cash that you've invested, the, the preparation, the, the literally the weeks of training in that particular way wasted if it's just not that important to off cycle. But on cycle for sure, Steve, nutrition, this, here's, the, here's the thing. Your gains will be better if your nutrition's on point. Your strength gains will be better. Your muscular gains will be better. The ability to get lean will be better if your nutrition's on point. Some of you are lucky. Those chain examples that Steve used earlier on, some of those are just genetically lucky that they can, that they can take train and they recomp and they look amazing. But how much better would they look if their nutrition had been on point? If, if I do a strength cycle, how much better would my strength gains have been and my recovery from training have been if my nutrition's on point? It just makes sense to me to do it properly, Steve. And again, I don't want to lay out, I, I'm that kind of guy that I'm going to lay out a thousand bucks, Steve, and not get my money's worth, that, that I can't get my brain around it. So I would have to do it that way. What do you think? Well, let me get into the gut, the gut aspect of it. And a lot of people, the IFFYM guys, they are like, well, Steve, I'm getting away with it. I'm eating fast food. I'm eating pizza. I'm eating Pop-Tarts, whatever, Pepsi and Coke and all this shit. And I'm getting away with it. I still look good. I mean, I look better than you, Steve, and I do all that stuff. Well, here's what doesn't look better to me is your gut health. And what happens is you end up with gut issues. And gut issues have a long-term consequence, both in the short and long term, because it's going to eventually halt your progress if your gut health is in bad shape. You notice these people, and I'm sure a lot of you know this, your friends and stuff, they go and work out. They train their balls off and they, they work harder than you in the gym and they can't get anywhere. Granted, yes, they could have really, really bad genetics, but a lot of cases that I've noticed is their gut health is poor, you know? And what happens is when you have a poor gut health and your gut health is all over the place, it's going to make it really, really hard to make progress fitness wise and health wise. Because if your your gut is the brain of your health, if your gut health isn't there, your best of your body is there. So if, if if you're a type of person who has to take gas, gas X all the time, if you're the type of person who's constipation all the time, if you're the type of person who can't control their bowels, you get diarrhea, like sporadic diarrhea. I mean, look, if you go to a sporting event and you walk into the bathroom, you've got guys in the stall going to the bathroom. They they're in there like 30 minutes. That's not normal to sit there for 30 minutes and go to the bathroom. They're putting diarrhea all over the place in the bathroom. That's not normal. Like, why is that? Is because look at the food at the sporting event. There's the connection. And the food that they were eating while they were tailgating, it's all crap. All right? The condiments, the garlic, the onions, all that shit fucks up your gut. Okay? These are high FODMAP foods. And... You know, the processed meats, the hot dogs and and, and the burgers, they bring, bring in these frozen burgers, which have like 30 different ingredients and and the bread, which isn't even really bread. It's really cake. You know, we talked about this on another podcast where in Ireland, they actually said that bread is actually cake. It should be called cake because that's how it is. Um, I actually posted that on the forum. I don't think it was on a podcast where I talked about it. But my point is. When you mess up your gut, it's going to haunt your progress. So if you're going to make a habit of not eating good, you might get away with it. 
this cycle, you might get away with a deck cycle. I don't know. But eventually it will halt your gains. And then you're going to realize, wow, I look better five years ago than I look today. And that's not where we want to do when it comes to bodybuilding. I mean, you should improve yourself. I don't care how old you are. You should always strive to look good year round. And you should always strive to be a strong motherfucker year round. It doesn't matter long term. So that's that's the basis that I find people. You might be one of those people. You're like sitting here saying, no, Steve, you're wrong. I'm telling you, I eat McDonald's every day and I still look good. I smoke every day and I still look good. I drink alcohol. I party every weekend. I still look good. Like I said, you may get, I used to know a guy, mobster. He used to party weekly. He was a moderator back in the old EF forum. I mean, he had an eight pack and he was ripped and he was in his early twenties. 10, 15 years later, he hit me up one day and he's like, Steve, man, you were right all along. I, I can't, I, I have a big gut now. The partying caught up with me, blah, blah, blah. I'm still working out hard, but I can't get a good physique. Can you help me? Can, can you help me reverse this? I'm like, sure. That's the good news. Those of you listening to this, the good news is you can reverse it. Literally today, you can go to your kitchen and your pantry and your fridge and your freezer and literally pull out all the junk food get rid of all the alcohol in your house and just throw it out and start eating healthy and start drinking healthy going forward. And that can reverse your health very, very quickly. We're very adaptive species as human beings. And we've adopted over the years. There's human beings that lived in their civil. They built civilizations in deserts. They built civilizations in the jungle. They built civilizations in the, in the, in the mountains. They built civilizations in valleys all over, you know, the Inuits, it was freezing cold and they built a civilization there. So, I mean, we're very adaptive species. We can adapt very, very quickly to different things that are going on. So don't be like, well, you know, I'm not going to change it. No, today is the day to change it. And your next cycle that you run, you're going to be amazed at the difference uh, that, that it's going to make on you. Go ahead, Mobster. So here's the thing, Steve. And I was actually, I made a couple of notes while you were talking, right? It goes... Let's use your body as a good example. People change. Your metabolism changes, guys. Right? So what you can get away with, and this is especially true when you're younger, and, you know, we we don't encourage the under-25s if you take an anabolics, but some of our listeners will be under 25, and some of our listeners will be taking anabolics. The stuff that we got away with, Steve, when we were younger, nutritionally, not getting enough sleep, drinking and, and out partying, all the rest of that stuff, and still going to work the next day. I can't do that shit now. Absolutely not. I, I, I've done it when I was out drinking with gangsters, stayed some local gangsters till three o'clock in the morning, got two hours sleep, honestly dragged my ass into work. It was horrendous. Managed to get through the fucking day, but it was still super bad. And that was why I was younger. Now I would have never got to work. Absolutely not. The same thing applies to being able to eat crap and your metabolism is going 100 miles an hour when you're younger. My metabolism, I was borderline ectomorph when I was younger, Steve. And of course, I was running to work. I was doing a physical job. So here's the thing, guys. Not only do you get away with it when you're younger, but your life changes, right? So I, my job now is doing this, this podcast, sitting on my ass. After the gym, I've trained this morning. I go out and get my daily steps. But my job is this kind of situation that we're doing right now, this podcast, in and on my backside, in an office, talking on a microphone and doing podcasts, right? That's not burning calories. It's, 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 it's more or less sedentary. If I didn't go out and train, if I didn't go out and get my steps, 
I'd be one big ass fat motherfucker. So my job was super physical before. I was running to work and I was hitting the gym. I would probably, I probably burn in another two thousand calories a day, Steve. I'm not burning another two thousand calories a day now because my lifestyle has changed because I've got older because I can do these podcasts in this kind of situation, guys. So you cannot get away with drinking and smoking and staying up late and eating shit forever. Absolutely not. It's just impossible. The amount of guys I know that do physical jobs that have a massive full English, the big, like the, the kind of food that you'd have in a dynasty, ham and eggs and sausage, you can't do that because a lot of those guys get fat as fuck the moment they go on holiday or fat as fuck the moment they retire because they carry on with their filthy habits that they were burning off. And the same thing applies to us in, when it comes to nutrition in the gym. And there's things like uh, age. Age is just a great example. Even if my situation had remained the same, what I'm physically capable of as I get older, and this includes my metabolism, is not the same. It literally slows down. The, the requirements, for, and Steve talked about the human being being adaptive, the requirements for us as youngsters, again, to, to put it crudely, Steve, primitive tribesmen running around the jungle, running across the Serengeti, hunting for antelopes, going looking for berries to eat, etc., etc. It has to change. It must change. It does change as that tribesman gets older. He's not going to be running with the pack of guys out hunting for an antelope. He's not going to be at the front of the group of the rest of the tribe picking berries. He's going to be at the back looking after kids. He's going to be sitting down when everybody else is doing it. And that's just normal physical behaviour from, from modern man as well as primitive man. It changes. So you get older, your metabolism changes. Your lifestyle changes. Your jobs change. You go through life. You shouldn't be still having to do some cheap-ass few bucks an hour, this country, America, or wherever job. You should hopefully have approved and again, this is just the, the profile of our listener tends to tends to reflect that, tends to be educated, tends to be university or college educated, higher than normal disposable income, all those kind of things. So you've gone from learning stuff in uni and college and high school and whatever else to a moderately and then a better paid job. And ultimately, at some point in your mid 30s, guys, career is good. It's up, so your lifestyle changes. Your lifestyle changes when you have kids. Your lifestyle changes. When your job changes, it's just normal. And we don't always think about that when it comes to food. We don't make those changes from the job that was super physical or when we were younger. And we carry on having the bad, same bad habits through life nutritionally. Now, here's the thing. And I'll touch on this again, Steve. Talk about the world's most hardcore uh, bodybuilding prep diets. There's a meme, a meme, you can find this, and it was a, a UK guy over here, Steve, and he actually kind of ended up semi-famous. On a, so I think he was even on a Lad Bible uh, video. And he was doing this whole thing where they asked him to talk about his diet. And it pretty much consisted of three things, fish and rice and chicken. But it was the variations he did that made it funny. And he was literally he was saying, you know, I'll have for breakfast, I'll have fish and rice. And then at lunch, I have chicken and rice. And in the afternoon, I had fish and rice. And then I have chicken and rice. And it was all just different variations of these three single foods. And it was funny to listen to. But when you followed up on it, the photographs of him a few years later, and even the video that he ended up doing on Lad Bible, he got into amazing fucking shape. He got into proper, you would recognize him as a bodybuilder. You would say, here's a guy that's ripped in condition as a bodybuilder. So everybody was taking a piece of this crazy, 
restrictive, oh my God, I don't know if I could do it kind of diet. But he got into really, really, really good shape. So quite simply, this is an average, I would say slightly above average, maybe genetics. But as horrible, as monk-like, as primitive and simple as that diet was, to the point of comedy, he got into amazing shape. So quite simply, the only reason we've obviously hit in the gym, but the, the number one reason he looked or ended up looking the way that he did, that you knew he was a big motherfucker, that it, it was because of this really simple, very crude, but unbelievably effective diet. So here's the thing, guys. It would be absolutely, to me, again, like I said, it's kind of half-assed to go into a cycle and just rely on the anabolics to get you lean or just rely on the anabolics to get you strong or just rely on the anabolics to get you muscular is losing so much. You're leaving, what's the phrase, Steve? You're leaving stuff on the table that you could have had. It's like going in and haggling for a raise from your boss and not getting everything out of the deal that you could have done. So as an example, and I'll just, I'll just throw some numbers at this, Steve. Let's imagine... Uh, I don't use myself as an example. I've said multiple times in the past, if I did Debo, on average, I would go up during a cycle about 10 pounds. And especially at the beginning when I first started using anabolics, I would keep five to six pounds. My diet should remain the same as before, during and after. With some tweaks, I have a bit more protein, a little bit more calories, and again, tweaked afterwards to support the new additional body weight the new muscle, and so on and so forth. And especially in, as I got to the size that I am, that was very, very much the case. So I was keeping, on average, about 60% of my on-cycle gains. And, of course, over time, that adds up to a lot of body weight. And in my example, again, Steve, age 18, I started training at 15. Age 18, I recall that my body weight was 135 pounds. Recently, using a little bit of Debo and Anavar, I got to an all-time high. Now, again, guys, I'm going to lose some of this because I really don't need to be that big. But my all-time high was 334 pounds from age 18 to age 58. It's a long time, but that's a huge amount of body weight. And it means that I've kept a percentage of my gains every single time. And I guarantee you that I am not eating the calories, the protein, the ratios are not the same as when I was 18. I mean, they can't be. It's impossible. Could I have kept more gains? Yes. I wasn't obsessed with keeping muscle. I was way, way more obsessed with strength. But you guys are leaving muscle on the table if you don't tweak your diet on cycle, and especially if you don't tweak your diet a little bit off cycle. And again, I've touched on this before about keeping gains, manipulating the diet. It doesn't have to... Steve, I mean, i let you say this, but it doesn't have to be crazy tweaks. It doesn't have to be a huge amount. I, I mean, we don't see guys that go from 200 to 600 grams of protein. I've never needed to do that. And I don't think you have either. So talk about now how little it needs to be tweaked in order for them to get more out of the cycle, and especially after the cycle. Yeah, so our bodies are adaptive. So you got to remember, if you're one of those people who thinks you got to get all four or 500 grams of protein every day, day in and day out, Unless you're like a professional bodybuilder, they don't even get this much. I mean, I've talked to these guys. I've trained some of these IFBB guys. You don't need that much, okay? Um, but here's the thing. If you're getting that much, you got to continue to get that much. So, But if you can train your body to do more with less, then you will be able to do a lot more with less. So our bodies are very adaptive. 
when it comes to that. But yeah, you don't need as much protein as people think. And um, that's another big problem I see is guys eat cold cuts and hot dogs and cheeseburgers from fast food joints and, and Chick-fil-A and Subway. They get, you know, these subs and they're like, well, I'm getting five, 600 grams of protein. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? It's like, dude, look at where you're getting your protein from. It's all processed junk. It's all refined oils that they're cooking these foods in. It's fast food. It's very, very junky food. It's fake food. And that's that, that to me, you shouldn't even count that as protein. Don't even count it as protein, you know, because it's doing your body more harm than good. So you have to put in good quality proteins, the bone broth, the organ, the animal organs. Those are the top two proteins right there. All right. Don't tell me, oh, Steve, I eat steak. And then you're one of those people that cut the fat off the steak and then overcook the steak. That's not healthy. That steak isn't, isn't optimal protein. The bone broth is the optimal protein. That's full of nutrition. That's full of collagen. That's what you should be eating, number one. Give me that over a steak any day. That's that's what you need to be eating. So that's the key is the quality of the food, the quality of the macros. We talk about macros, if it fits your macros. Well, how about this one? Quality of macros. Q-O-M, quality of macros. Quality proteins, quality fats, and quality carbs. And that's that's what you need. And then the last point I'm going to make, Mobster, before I let you finish it off, is your organ health. Your When you take anabolic steroids, literally the word anabolic steroids, it's inflammatory in the body. So you're already getting a lot of inflammation. Inflammation, we all know, is not good for us. It can lead to more injuries. It can cause other issues, right? So it's very important not to realize when you're taking anabolic steroids, you're already getting a lot of inflammation. Now you're going to add more inflammatory foods and inflammatory drinks to your body. The alcohol, very inflammatory. The high FODMAP foods, very inflammatory. The garlic and the onions, very inflammatory. The condiments, very inflammatory. Sugars, refined sugars, very inflammatory. Refined oils, very inflammatory. Now your body is getting so much inflammation that's flaring up your organs, your heart, your your liver, your kidneys, your lungs. Everything is becoming more inflamed. That's not good. You pressure your organs every time you use anabolic steroids, and then you pressure them on top by by putting inflammatory things in your body. What do you think is going to happen over time? You're going to open yourself up for injuries, for diseases. It's going to be like a magnet for all these problems. So eating optimally, eating good, and forgetting the whole IFYM thing on cycle or off cycle is going to actually keep you healthier in the short and long term as well. So Mobster, final thoughts on that? Great show. Here's a different approach for uh, one which would help you guys to make the change, right? So one of the things I sometimes have advised people on the forums to do is tweak the diet before the cycle so as an example i mean the whole thing there's something that's super important here as well guys and diet is annoying sometimes because the word diet kind of infers that you're doing something temporary just to get in the shape temporary to add muscle temporary to get stronger whereas lifestyle change works better and i think this is the thing that steve's touching upon in terms of making lifestyle changes so that you don't have those inflammatory issues, which are going to get worse, as Steve says, when you're on anabolic steroids. And it also means that you become, you start to adapt 
to the process of change that's going to come that much more advanced, that much more enhanced by the steroid cycle. So, for example, guys, if your diet's shit and you want to get in shape, don't go, I'm going to go on steroids and get in shape. Start today tweaking your nutrition. Start today cleaning up your diet and getting into shape. And then, and this especially applies to you guys that have been doing this for a little while, it kind of a little bit annoying sometimes with the guys that have been training very little time and then go on the cycle, that we, we recommend that you don't do that. We, we prefer to see you typically at least a year, but preferably a couple of years. And again, it depends on your age as well, before you jump in on and use performance enhancing drugs. But to, to, to reiterate, so you go and you start cleaning out the fridge and the freezer with the junk food. You start stopping in the deli and, having, and, and hitting the subway and whatever, and you start to think about when you go to these places, is there something I can eat that's clean? And you start that habit, those daily habits, when it comes to your food, weeks in advance of the cycle. And you will start to see changes. You will literally start to get leaner if that's your thing. Let's use that as an example. You start to get leaner. Your skin starts to look better. That little bit of loose skin here starts to tighten up. All that kind of vibe. And then having started that process for, let's say, as an example, Steve, four to six weeks ahead of the cycle, you then bring the cycle in. Oh, my God. I used the phrase earlier when I said it goes turbo. Right. So you already started to get in shape. Boom, more muscle on your chest. Boom, more muscle on your shoulders. And you can see it better because you got leaner. So straight away, you've taken things up another notch. Now, here's a thing that's some, another reason for doing this. It, it's a bit of a head fuck for everybody, myself, Steve, me, everybody, when how strong is an example for me I can get on cycle versus off cycle. And the head fuck, especially if I was younger, Steve, would be, well, I want to stay that strong. I want to be that strong all the time. Like Steve said, you're in shape. You look amazing. You're seeing what's in the mirror. You're seeing the effect that people are having that when they see this new physique of yours. That's unbelievably attractive, and it's very rewarding. It's hitting the reward centers in your brain. It's making you feel good. You're making people around you feel good just by being able to look at you if you get that enhanced, if you look that good. And that can be unbelievably rewarding, and it's why a lot of people like to stay on and end up cruising when perhaps they should come off and have time off in between cycles. So the same thing applies to the diet. I would want you to keep that nutrition on point before and practice, like I said already, during 100% to get the absolute best out of your cycle you possibly could, and after to maintain as much as possible. Now, I will say, Steve, it is impossible, and again, I'm talking about genetic freaks here, so the average listener is going to have the same issues. If you cannot look godlike off-cycle, that's just because of genetics and it applies to the absolute freaks of the bodybuilding world. And there's an, even an argument to be said that staying in crazy, crazy rip the hell shape all the time is actually not necessarily healthy. And it also means you might also be leaving a little bit of gains on the table again, because you want to soften up a little bit sometimes. And that's the reason why we have off seasons versus staying in shape year round. We also, Steve and I have touched upon when we talk about Instagram profiles and so how, how the tricks that some of those are using and how they can give the illusion of staying in shape all year round just by manipulating photographs 
and then they'd release them photographs like they took months ago. And also because they won't always tell you about the other drugs that you're using when they're not on anabolics. So there's all those kind of things going on. So all that stuff, it can be an influence on you when you're on cycle and do you stay in shape. Now, last tips. If you can afford a cycle, you could probably afford either A, to meal prep yourself, or B, use a meal prep type company. And if either way, that's going to keep you nutrition point. So, guys, don't be don't be afraid or lazy to go out and knock up as many meal prep type uh, meals as you possibly can to, to maybe, uh, when you're out on the road, have a meal prep type food with you. Uh, and, and this is the kind of stuff that those little changes and those little tweaks, the only time it's a pain in the ass, Steve, if you've got those kind of idiot work buddies, that, oh, why, why are you eating that chicken and lettuce? Why are you even that? That, that, that weird looking food, but they've done it well. It's healthy, it's it, me in shape, it's making me feel good. But sometimes it's annoying, guys. I would say the results are the reward. You being in shape, you looking good is a reward. The training becomes enhanced, the response from training becomes enhanced, the response from your cycle becomes enhanced, and you're taking everything up another level. That to me is the ultimate thing, Steve. The fact, the simple fact of the matter is this this that you will get more from the cycle if your nutrition is on point your gains on trend your recomposition on trend that we talked about at the beginning will be that much better how much more recomposition would you have done Please note, we are not doctors and opinions are ours. It's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic. A podcast for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies. <laughs>